The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. When the Gedolim tell us what to do, listen. Don't play games, don't say, hey, he doesn't understand, he doesn't hop, he doesn't know what's going on. What does he know about today's generation? Listen to him. Don't stray from what they tell you. I want to tell you, the audience a few stories about this idea of not straying. About 10 years ago, there was a big pirza of Tznius in the Gidre Akedusha in Yerushalayim. And the Afghanim made a big Afghana. And they made the Afghana in different cities, different from the cities. They also made it in the entrance of Kiryat Sefer. Kiryat Sefer is on the other side of the Green Line. There's only one way to get in, basically. And all the traffic from Kiryat Sefer, from Brachfeld, from Greenfield Park, all these areas, all comes through one entrance. And if you block that entrance, you make total chaos. And the buses that are bringing people from all the different neighborhoods start backing up and it backs up to the Highway 443 and everybody's in a panic. And it could take you two hours. And it's not always done properly. People have to have babies. There's no hospital there. They have to go out. It's not such a simple thing. But they made Afghanistan. And many, many people came. Also came the Bochram from Yeshivas Mir Brachfeld, where Rabbi Yefinkel was the Rashiva, and of course Rabbi Tzvi on top of him. And they found out. The Rashiva Rabbi Yefinkel and Rabbi Tzvi found out that Bochrum went to the Havkana. This was not Alpiruchim. They didn't want that. They don't agree to it. Uh, Yeshiva Bochrum's job is to sit and learn a Bismedrish. Sometimes, if the Gedolim tell us to go out and make a macho, we, we listen. But 95% of the time, let other people do the Havkonis. Your job is to sit and learn. And the child is what to do. So, Rabari Finkel, together with Reb Nassim Tzvi, went and they wrote up a letter. And they hung it up on the bulletin board. And they wrote that our das is, what we want in the yeshiva is, that it's not a place for the yeshiva to be by Havkonis. A little sign went up in the bulletin board. That's it. The next night came time for Havkonis. Again, they advertised the Havkonis. And this time, the police were there. They were prepared. And they came with loads and loads and loads of policemen and horses and gears, tear gears. And they have this um, spray that smells terrible that they spray on people. And they were all geared up. And they come there, they're waiting for the Afghana to start. And nobody's there. No one shows up. So they decided, the police, that this must be a trap. That they're not showing up. They're going to wait for the police to leave. 
and then they're going to come out. So they decided that they have to find out what's going on. So they went and they went down, up and down the streets, looking for somebody to find out what's going on. Suddenly they found a bacher from yeshiva, from Rabbi's yeshiva, from the premier brachvat. And they run over to him, they didn't handle him so properly. They schlepped him into a paddy wagon, and they started interrogating him. What's going on? Is Afghana? Where is everybody? What's going on? So, the Bacha tells them, Oh, you didn't hear? The, the, the Rosh Hashiva hung up a sign in the bulletin board that nobody should go. The police started laughing. Yeah, so the rabbi said no one should go. So no one's going? What are you hacking at China? That's not what's going on here. He says, I'm telling you. He says, there are 500 Bacharim in Mir Brachfeld. You're telling me that no one's going because a sign went up in the Baltimore? He says, yeah. He says, it can be. He says, take us to the yeshiva. So they went to the yeshiva. The police marched into the yeshiva. Of course not the low-level police. The sergeant. And he comes with a few of his buddies. And they walk into the yeshiva. And the bacha walks over right to the bulletin board. And he shows them. And the police look at the sign. They read the sign. They take out their cameras. They take pictures of the sign. And then they say, Where are the bacha? Bacha says, The bacha are in Bismarck. Take us to the Bismarck. They go to the Bismedrish, and they see a Bismedrish of 500 young Bochrim. Brachel's not 30-year-olds, it's young Bochrim. And they're sitting in the Harvard. Not one guy's getting out of his seat. It's murdered. They take some pictures of that also. And they came outside and tell the other cops that this Bochrim didn't lie. This is real. And they couldn't believe it. And tons of policemen came into the yeshiva to see it for their own eyes. They were all taking pictures and selfies with this, with this card, with this little letter on the yeshiva letterhead in the bulletin board. And they were going crazy. They were came to this matter just to look at the site. How could it be that one rabbi says not to go and 500 young Hitzedekabachrim are listening? How could it be? Anyways, they, they all left. And the next day, they came back, and they want to know where they can meet the Rashiva. So they told them that today the Rashiva doesn't give shir, so you have to go to Yerushalayim. They went to Yerushalayim, and they met Rabariye and Rabnosan Finkel. And they, they said, we have to push it, meet you to see that who are these rabbis, that if they say something, everybody's listening. It's unheard of in our circles. No matter the president, the police, the Mossad, the Shin Bet, everybody can say whatever they want. Everybody does what they want. No one listens to anybody. And it came out a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. And Ibn Nasan Tzvi told them, what do you want? The Torah says that when uh, the G'doylem tell you to do something, we don't not listen. We listen to what our G'daylam tell us. Whether we want to, whether we don't want to, whether it makes sense, whether we think they're smarter than them, we think that they don't understand, we listen. 
That's it. That's one story. I saw another story, very famous story. There was a city in Russia that had a malshin. A malshin is a geferlach, a zach. A malshin is a person, a yid, usually, who tattletales and tells the government what people are doing, whether it's money in Yonim, whether it's illegal activities, whatever it should be, lies, truths, whatever they want. They do whatever they want. And because of that, you can get in trouble, you'll go in jail, you'll get killed. It's a terrible zach. And Chazal made a whole bracha in Shemayin Eshei. Chazal wanted to blot them out. This Malshin got away with whatever he wanted to do all his life. No one stood up against him. And all things come to an end. One day the Malshin feels that he's getting a visitor. The Malach HaMavis is coming for him. So he sends a message for the Chavar Kaddish. Is he it? Getting buried in the Yiddish cemetery. So the Chavar Kaddish come to visit this Malshin and the Malshin tells him, listen here, you know, I was a terrible person my whole life. And I know when I get to Shemayim, they're going to put me in Gehenim. And therefore, I need some type of and for Kapara. I thought a long time about it, what I should do. And I came up with a plan. You know, Yidin bury Niftarim, they bury them flat. They lay them down in a hole, and they, they, they cover them, they bury them. But because I was such a bad person, I want you to bury me standing up. Like an animal. And therefore, I will have a kapara when I come to Shemaim. So the Chavra Kaddish said, fine, no problem. If that's what you want, happy to do it. No problem. You deserve it, you get it, don't worry about it. And he died. And the Chavra Kaddish took his body to give it a tyra, to bury it. And one of the Chavra Kaddish said, you know, before we do this, let's pass it by the Rav. Who was the Rav of that city? Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein gets a visit from the Chevra Kadisha. And they tell him the whole story. And Ramosha Feinstein tells them, I'm sorry, I don't care what you made up with this Malshin, but he's a Yid. And Shulchan Aruch says that we bury people flat, not standing. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, but he needs a Kapara. He says, that's not your business. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's business. Hashem will give him the oinish he deserves and how he wants him to get it. And then he'll have his kapar and then he'll go to Gan Eden. After he gets cleaned from all his chatoim. But you can't go against the Shulchan Aruch. The Chavar Kaddish told him, listen here, the Rav doesn't understand. The Rav doesn't understand. This guy's connected with the authorities. They probably might know about it and they're going to come check and we're, 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 we're going to get into trouble. I don't want to be on the Chavar Kaddish if it's, I'm going to go to jail. I don't need it. And Moshe said, listen here. We follow the Shulchan Aruch and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to protect us and you don't have to worry. But on my places, you bury the man flat. And they did. They listened to Moshe Feinstein. They buried him flat. 
And sure enough, the next day, the Chavra Kaddish is visited by the police chief of the city. And he says, come, come with me to the cemetery. Chavra Kaddish went, they went together to the cemetery. They take him to the grave, and they say, where's the guy who's the Malshin? Show us where you buried him. So they showed him, he's right here. They say, dig him up. Dig it up, we want to see what's going on there. He says, you know, you, this is a religious place. We don't bury up graves. It's very, very detrimental for the dead person, and it's a disgrace, and we can't do it. And the police said, took out his gun, and he says, if you all don't want to be buried, you better open up this grave. And the Hever Kaddish saw that they have no choice. And it's not one of the Gimel Chamures of Yarek Val Yavar. So they dug him up. They dug him up, and sure enough, they came to the bottom, and they showed how they buried him. And the police chief said, I always wondered if that guy, everything he said was true or not. And they asked him, what are you talking about? And the police chief said that this Malshan came to him a few days ago and said, I'm going to die soon. And I know that my brothers are fuming at me. They hate me. And they're going to take revenge on me. And they're going to bury me like a donkey standing up instead of laying down. And therefore, I beg of you, from, 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 from all the good that I did to, you, to the state, all the years, double check to make sure that I'm buried straight and not standing up. And then you'll know how good of a friend I am of the police and the state. And that's why we came to check. And we saw in our own eyes that he was buried flat. So, you're good to go. We always knew that the Jews are fine people, and they don't hold grudges. Beautiful. Have a good day. And they left. And then the Chavra Kaddisha got to see what would have happened if they would have listened to this guy. And you see, you have to listen to the Rav. The Rav knows best. And when the Rav tells us to do something, we follow what he does, no, no questions asked. Like I'm going to show you in the next story. The Heligar of Shalom Shadron was the inical of the Marsham. And it came a time when Shalom Shadron finished preparing the Ksovim of his grandfather, the Marsham, and he wanted to print it. The problem was Kesef Minolan. Where is he getting money to print the Sefer? It's very expensive. I don't know if anybody tried recently to print the Sefer. It's extremely expensive. Baruch Hashem, we have the Berkowitzes who understand that, and they have a tremendous fund where they help in the light, and people, Prince Farim, they give you a nice percentage of the money so you can go and Prince Farim. Otherwise, who would print the Sefer today? It's very expensive. So, Nabshalom Shadron was going through his contacts, who he could ask for money, and he finally thought of a certain guy in America that he was a c- close to the Marsham's way and his, his grandfather lived in that city, in, and he would probably want to talk a sponsor the Sefer. So, Shalom Shadron wants to go to America. The problem is, it's the middle of his man. So he decided that Ben Azmanim, right after Pesach, he's going to get on a plane and go to America. Okay. Shalom bought a ticket, after Pesach, and... Before you go to 
America and you leave Eretz Yisrael, you go say goodbye and get Rishus from the Rebbe. Who's the Rebbe? The Rebbe is Reb Chatzka Levenstein, the Mashgiach of Demir and Shanghai and a little bit in, in Eretz Yisrael. Then he went to Panovich. He was the Mashgiach of Panovich. He was in Bnei Brak. And Reb Shol Shadron had a married daughter in Bnei Brak. He left with his wife at night. To, he had a flight the next morning. He figured he would go at night and sleep by his daughter. And the next morning he would have in Chakras and Panovich. And he would go over and get Rishus from Reb Chatzkel. He comes over to Reb Chatzkel and he tells Reb Chatzkel, Rebbe, I'm printing safe of my grandfather and I want to go to America to collect from a certain year that I think would give money for the safer. So Reb Chatzkel tells him, last week, Chalamayid, your anical made a bris and I didn't notice you. How come you didn't come to the bris? I was the sandik, and Chatzka was the sandik, and I'm working for the Zayder, of Shalom Shadron, and you didn't show up. So Reb Shalom told the Chatzka, my foot was terribly hurting. I couldn't walk, so I didn't come. So Reb Chatzka tells him, so you have a foot ache, and you want to go to America? You need to rest. So Reb Shalom said, I couldn't talk. He walked out from the Meshgiach. He came back home to Bnei Brak, his daughter. He told his wife, come, let's go, let's take the suitcase, we're going home. He says, what happened? You didn't get a bracha to go to America? He says, no, Reb Chatzka said, I have to rest. Now, Rabbi say, if it was us, okay, let's be honest, if it was us, and you come to your Rebbe, and you tell your Rebbe that you want to go, you want Rishus to do something, and your Rebbe says, I didn't see you last week, where were you? Oh, my foot was hurting, I couldn't come. So, so, so now, you go, go rest. No, Rebbe, that was last week. Baruch Hashem, Hashem was marapping me, and now I can go, and I'm more better, and it's fine. And Shalom Shadron? Not a word. The Rebbe said he has to rest, he turned around and he went home to rest. And now, for the rest of the story. A few weeks later, Hashem Shadron was invited to be a sandik by a bris in Telstone. And he came to Telstone. And he comes to do to be the sandik. And after the bris, his people coming over to give mazel tov to the sandik. And all of a sudden, a guy comes to give over the, a, a, a mazel tov to the Hashem Shadron. And he sees it's this Gvir that he wanted to go to America to meet. And the guy tells Shalom that, that yeah, he really wanted to come earlier, right after Pesach, but he had to go for a business meeting to China, and he was there in China for a few weeks, and he just came back, he flew straight there to Yisrael, and Shalom's thinking, could you imagine, I would have slept to America to meet this Gvir, and he wasn't even in the country. He went out of town, he went out of the country to go do business. And what's it from? It's from listening to the, to the, to the Chachamim. And when the Chachamim tells us to do something, we do it, we listen, we don't ask questions even. People who are, who have a Rebbe are more inclined to understand such a concept. The Rebbe Gezok, that's it. 
You don't ask him, you don't argue with him, you don't tell him explanations why you should think about the other side of the issue. You do what he says. And it's incumbent on all of us, all of us. When the Gedoyle, when you ask a Shaila, everything you have to ask a Shaila, people think, eh, this is not even a Shaila. It's a Shaila. Go ask. You'll be surprised what answer you get. And you listen to the Chachamim and the Gedoylem, you have nothing to lose. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.